The annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedive. People are shocked by their grocery bills. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, host of the podcast with Rochelle Smith, producer of this podcast, and Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. Today, we're talking about the inflation situation. It's a situation, guys. It's a situation. You bought anything lately? You purchased a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Have you noticed that it's gone up in price? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We hit a 40-year high this summer on inflation rates. So what we want to talk about is the cost of everything. If it seems like the cost is going up, it is going up. The first half of 2022, inflation rates continued to rise, leading to price increases on everything from gas and groceries to bigger ticket items like cars and homes. So the jump in inflation can be especially jarring after several years of steady low rates. So today we're going to talk about what causes some of these fluctuations in the inflation rate, how the rising uh, prices can pose a risk to your retirement. But here's the good news. We've got some action steps. Four things you can do when it comes to retirement and inflation to start thinking about how you can kind of hedge this risk as you head to and through retirement. So Lauren, let's talk about the numbers first. You're a numbers guy. You like the numbers. Lauren, June of 2022, a 40-year inflation high. We haven't seen this type of inflation since the late 70s. Uh, The late 70s, we saw double-digit inflation, early 80s, very similar. And the month of June, we had a 9.1% inflation increase. And we're not done yet. That was June. We still have uh, the rest of this year coming up. This is September that we're we're recording this. And really on the eve of seeing what the Fed's going to do from an interest rate hike, tomorrow. Today is September 20th. So everybody thinks there's going to be a three quarters basis point increase. uh, And that would put us at a 3% increase this year. So far as of today, we're at 2.25%. And for a long time, the feds weren't increasing interest rates at all, right? No, in fact, uh, after 2008, they were decreasing it. They were decreasing, decreasing, decreasing until basically we got to zero. And then ever since 2020, Uh, They have started to increase it, and uh, they're not done yet. They're going to keep going for a period of time. So let's talk a little bit about inflation. Let's uh, pretend, if you will, that we're economists, Rochelle. How do you feel about that? Okay. (laughs) That sounds like fun. (laughs) Well, we'll let Lauren pretend he's an economist because he kind (laughs) of is. He knows uh, knows a lot about how all of this works. So let's kind of explain what is inflation, Lauren. Uh, Inflation is the the cost of goods and services uh, and the increase specifically the increase of cost in, of goods and services which means when you go to the grocery store when you go to the pump uh, when you go to purchase your favorite sneakers it's going to cost more than what it did over a prior period of time so this is it, this is where it really hurts because we haven't seen inflation and in fact many people have never seen this type of inflation so when they do go to uh, their favorite store to purchase what they love to purchase, they're shocked. Uh, And it feels really painful because on the other side of this coin is wages. And wages have increased, but what we typically see with wage increases is they don't increase at the same rate of inflation during that time that we see inflation. Historically, they actually increase more than what inflation does, but 
it kind of acts inverse in the moment. So as an example, wages since 1960, from 1960 to 2022, wages increased an average of 6.21%. Inflation, according to the CPI, has increased an average of 3.8%. So wages have gone up almost double, but in the year that we see high inflation, wages typically will not increase. So wages this year, on average, have increased 3.4%. And uh, inflation this year is about 8.5%, about 8.9% is, is what it's increased this year. So it doesn't feel like it, right? Wages are not keeping track with inflation in the time that we're experiencing this high inflation. So that, that makes it feel even worse when we go through these types of environments. And inflation isn't always a bad thing. Some inflation is a sign of a strong economy. It is a sign of strong economy because basically uh, it has a lot to do with supply and demand. So if the price of goods and services are going up, that means demand typically is going up, uh, which is a good thing. People are willing to spend money. Consumer spending is represents about 70% of our GDP, gross domestic product. And if consumer spending is high, consumers have a high level of confidence. That means they feel good about where their next paycheck is coming from. Otherwise, they wouldn't be spending money. They'd be saving money. Uh, so consumer spending... Uh, also represents consumer confidence and consumer confidence for this year, even 2021 and even 2020 has remained relatively high. And sometimes I know we talk about inflation, but just to kind of put it in perspective are some numbers here. So the price in 2002 versus the price in today's dollars of a couple of common items. So a dozen eggs in 2002, a three, now a $1.66 loaf of white bread, a dollar two, now a dollar 64, a pound of bacon, 324 in 2002, now 521. And a gallon of milk in 2002, 276 today, 444. So that's what it feels like when you go to the grocery store. So Lauren, reading some stuff about inflation, of course, we feel it when we go to the grocery store. The, the numbers I just read off are a great example, but there are times when inflation can work in your favor. And you know someone who really needs money to work in his favor? Who's Somebody that? who's really struggling. Really struggling. He really just, you know, he thinks, I need money to work in my favor. It's Warren Buffett. Yeah. Don't you think? That's a guy who just... I feel like he's struggling quite if a bit. If only Probably. he could make some good decisions. You know, if, if we think about all the people in the world struggling, he would be at the top of the list. Yeah, so Warren Buffett famously bought the house he still lives in today in Omaha for $31,500 in 1958. So like Warren Buffett has done many times, he made a good investment. Because if you look on the assessor site for the county that he lives in in Omaha, the assessed value of that home now is $1 million. So in this case, Lauren, inflation, thank goodness for Warren, worked in his favor. Yeah, and a lot of people, it actually has worked in uh, many people's favor. Just take our our families as an example. We have many families who have been in their home for a long period of time. Uh, They raised their kids, uh, now they're empty nesters. Uh, they're retiring and they're looking to downsize or they're looking to do something completely different. So they have a lot of built up equity within their home because home values have skyrocketed. Um, and, you know, and, and so they can sell their house, make a really sizable profit and then do something different. Uh, like if they want to, uh, we have one family who's RVing around the country. So they sold basically everything, all of their stuff, most of their stuff, including their house, made a windfall on that property. And now they're traveling across the country having a great time. For them, it worked really well. For others just looking to downsize, yes, they're going to make a lot of money on the sale of their house, but then they also have to find another place to live. 
And those alternatives have also skyrocketed in price. So it's not going to work so well for them. But long term, inflation is a good thing for everybody because, again, it means the economy is growing. And we do need the economy to grow. Uh, we need the amount of money that we make to continue to grow as well. And we need it to continue to outplay, pay, outpace inflation. If we look back to 1960, the dollar, the value of a dollar would equate to $10 in 2022. So what you could buy for $1 in 1960, it takes $10 to buy in 2022. So we have to have our wages continue to increase in a, up and above what it cost us to live. So that's the current inflation situation and a good look back at the historical perspective. But let's say you're getting ready to retire or maybe you're already retired. You're thinking about now drawing income from all the money you've been saving. You might even be thinking, hey, I'm going to be on a very fixed amount of income coming up soon. This is a real challenge for people as they get ready to retire, Lauren. Yeah, the fixed income side of people's portfolios is a real challenge because historically we've been able to have a component in stocks, a component of our portfolio, and a component of our portfolio in fixed income or bonds. And that's the most common type of investment people will use to drive fixed income. Uh, well, that bonds and, and dividend paying equities. So those two types of strategies can historically deliver enough income for some people to live on for a period of time. But what we're seeing in this type of environment is interest rates are increasing rapidly. And when in, when interest rates increase, bond prices decrease, which means that the value of your bond holdings is going down. And it's going down rapidly. Your bond holdings could have gone down anywhere between 10 to 24% this year alone. So what a lot of investors, especially pre-retirees and retirees who are looking to deliver an income from their portfolio, what they're looking at is their stocks have gone down probably by 15 to 25%. Their bonds have gone down somewhere in that same vicinity. So their portfolio is getting crushed and they're, they're looking at living on this money that they have for the rest of their life and it's making them really weary of at-risk investments. So there's a lot of things that we're working with our families on in this type of environment. One is whenever you construct a portfolio, especially if you're in the pre-retirement to retirement phase, is you want to make sure you understand how much risk you're taking in your portfolio. So when we go through these downtimes, that you're not going to be overexposed to that type of risk and it's going to create a lot of undue anxiety. That's probably the number one mistake that we see families make is they don't understand how much they are exposed when we go through these downturns. We don't always see environments like this where the stocks are down and the bonds are down, right? We really haven't seen that since the 2008. But we do see recessions all the time. On average, we have a recession every five to six years. So over the course of your retirement, you will see many recessions. So you have to be prepared for it. Um, in this environment, what we're doing for our families is we're saying, hey, let's, let's take a look at our bond holdings. Um, and Let's look at bond alternatives. And there's a number of bond alternatives that you can consider. One bond alternative you can look at is what's called a fixed indexed annuity. Uh, now, there's a lot of different types of annuities out there. You want to be very specific, uh, very intentional with the annuity that you select if you're going to go into this market. But with uh, the fixed index annuity that you would use as a bond alternative, uh, it would look something like this. Essentially, when the market goes down, you get a 0% rate of return. You're happy you didn't lose. When the market goes up, you get a piece of that up. And you have to leave your money underneath that fixed index annuity for a period of time. Most commonly, it's somewhere around 10 years. But the way we use this for our families is when the market goes down, you're happy you didn't lose. 
But after the first 12 months of being invested in that annuity, most of them, you can take 10% out and put it back into the market. You can take 10% out and use it as income. You can take 10% out and do whatever you want with that money. So the two most common uses that we will apply is if you need income, you can take it out, use it as income because you didn't lose any money on it. Your stocks might be down. Your bonds might be down. This is not down. So you can take income from a source that is not down. Or you can invest it back into the market in a very strategic way. So a lot of stocks are down. You can take 10% out. You didn't lose anything on. Apply it to a discounted stock or a pool of discounted stocks and take advantage of this type of marketplace. So that's one option that you can use. If you uh, like bonds, but you don't necessarily like the more traditional bonds like corporates or munis, bonds like that, you can consider I-bonds. So I-bonds are a really pop popular investment right now because it's inflation-based. And so right now, uh, I-bonds are paying over 8.5%, and it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. <clears throat> now, the, the trick with I-bonds, and probably the worst thing about I-bonds, is there's a, a limit on how much you can invest. For most people, it's $10,000. So you can put $10,000 into a bond. If you're married, $10,000 each, so that's $20,000 total uh, per year. And then that bond matures after 30 years. But you can take it out after five years and not have any penalty on it. You have to leave it in there for at least 12 months. And anytime you take it out between 12 months and five years, then you have a three-month interest penalty. But the three-month interest penalty versus other alternatives like the bank, to me, is nothing. If, you if, you have, if you're getting 8.5% and then you have a three-month interest penalty, you're still earning way more than what you'd yeah. get at the bank. Um, but those are just some alternatives. I think when it comes to investing in this type of environment, you just have to be open. You have to be open. You have to be creative. And you have to make sure that whatever it is that you use, you, you, you understand how it works. You understand the nuances to it. And you're comfortable with the construction of that type of portfolio that involves all of the types of investments that you have. But the, the traditional stock and bond portfolio, we have to look outside that realm now to make sure that you're you're receiving the, the downside protection that you need, as well as receiving the upside potential. Those are just a few ideas of things you can do in this inflation situation. The retirement planners here at Merkle Retirement Planning, they've got more ideas, and they base them on your specific retirement vision. So the best place to get ideas or at least start a conversation is by picking up the phone. You can schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call. Go to MerkleRetire.com. It's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com. Get on the calendar of the retirement planners here at Merkle Retirement Planning, and you can start talking about inflation or some of these ideas that you're hearing Lauren talk about today in this podcast. Okay, so we promised people four things they can do in this inflation situation. The first one, you just kind of went over it. Reevaluate your investments. Look at your bonds. Look at your stocks. Look at alternatives. See if really, Lauren, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that where your money is, is going to get you, you to where you want to go. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point is evaluate where you're at. Evaluate where you need to go. And that's called a retirement plan. 
And that's the the main thing that pre-retirees and retirees will want to incorporate within their overall strategy. And before you make any of these investment moves, you need to understand what your overall picture looks like. And that retirement plan will paint that picture for you. Here's where you're at. Here's uh, the resources that you have. Here's what your retirement vision is from a lifestyle standpoint. Uh, maybe you want to be like the family I referenced and travel around the country in a motorhome. Maybe you want to winter south. There's a lot of things that you can do. You know what you want to do. But how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it early on in retirement? How are you going to continue to pay for it long term, including factors like inflation? Because we know that 15 years from now, what it costs you to do whatever it is you want to do now is going to be higher. Uh, so the plan will paint that picture for you. And the plan will also tell you how much risk you need to take to accomplish what it is yet that you are trying to accomplish. And then you can match that up with the amount of investment risk that you feel comfortable with to make sure that you're not going to have too much anxiety as we go through these bad times, but also that you can accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish now and later down the road. What if I call and say, hey, Lauren, uh, my goal is to be like Warren Buffett. What, what, can we do that? I would say good luck. Uh, <laughs> there's probably not going to be another Warren Buffett the way that <laughs> Warren Buffett created what he tried to create. And in fact, I think he said that many times. Um, the era in which he built his wealth is significantly different than what we're looking at now. Okay, so step two of things that you can do in this inflation situation, be selective with your stocks. Lauren, you kind of alluded to that. Don't You want to have a plan with, with all pieces of your investments. Yeah, and we'll talk about the selection of stocks, but be selective with every investment that you have. You know, I referenced a few investments already. We talked about bonds. Be selective. Uh, now may not be the time to be overweighted in bonds. There's probably still a place for some bonds in your portfolio. You just want to be very selective. Maybe instead of bonds that mature 10 years down the road, maybe you have bonds that mature in three years or two years, uh, and that'll insulate yourself from the downward pressures of the increasing interest rate environment. Uh, I referenced I-bonds. Uh, that's going to be for a very limited capacity for most people because the maximum you can put in is 10000 per person. Ideally, it's not going to be IRA money because uh, you cannot have an I-bond in an IRA. So it's, it's after tax type of money that you need to invest. I reference fixed index annuities. That's not right for everybody either. So you have to be very selective with all the different types of investments you use. And right now, being ultra selective in stocks can really help you out. Uh, the major indices, the NASDAQ, the Dow, Jones, the S&P 500, those are down anywhere between 16 to 27% year to date. That does not mean that there are not good stocks out there that you can make money. We have a couple different stock portfolios that are actually up year to date, which surprises the heck <laughs> out of a lot of people. But that's what you can accomplish if you are, are ultra selective on the types of investments that you have. So in the on the equity side, on the stock side, um, you're looking for companies that, well, if you're putting new money in, you're looking for companies, good quality companies that have been seriously depreciated uh, based on what's going on in this market. So the NASDAQ is a perfect place to look. Um, you're also looking for companies who are growing. You're looking for companies who have uh, good balance sheets. They don't have a lot of debt on their books. Maybe they have a lot of cash um, and they have a good business model. So you're looking for good quality companies uh, who can weather through this storm that we're in. We know it's temporary. We know it's temporary. It's always been temporary. And it's a matter of when are we going to come out of this? And then those companies that are well positioned will continue to do really well. And you want to be on that ride. 
So for some people, I think maybe the thought of looking for certain companies could be a little bit overwhelming. Is that a process you take people through uh, when you're helping them build the retirement plans? We, we uh, stay away from those types of details because our families don't want those details. They want to know we know, but they don't want to necessarily know about the balance sheet of Apple, right? So what they are most concerned about is they can do the things that they want to do in retirement. But we apply those metrics to our portfolio construction. Um, and we do work together to build portfolios. Uh, but first, before we do any investment recommendations for our families, is we build their plan. Because how do we know what they need from an investment standpoint, from a risk standpoint, before we have those types of conversations with them and we understand what their retirement vision is, what their retirement lifestyle is going to look like, how much money they need on a monthly basis, which means how much money do we need to withdraw? Uh, what are we going to do from their Social Security strategy standpoint because social security is one of the few pensions that has a cost of living adjustment which means that social security recipients are probably going to receive somewhere around an eight to nine percent increase on their benefits this year now social security historically has not kept up with inflation uh, and i would not count on that but it does increase uh, and it can be be a part of their overall income strategy so we work through all of that with our families first, and then we say, here's what your portfolio should look like. Here's how this portfolio works, and what do you think about it? And we agree together what that's going to look like and why it's going to look like that. Um, and we implement that, and then we make adjustments as we need to. But no, they're not, they're not getting in the weeds uh, and looking at balance sheets <coughs> and looking at liabilities and all that kind of stuff because... Uh, that's what we do, and, and they don't have to spend their their Saturdays looking at that kind of stuff. So number three on what you can do in this inflation environment as you head to and through retirement is look for strategies that provide guaranteed income. Social Security, one of those things that provides guaranteed income. What else? Yeah, Social Security can provide a, a good source of a guaranteed income. If you're a married couple, if you would add, add up your monthly income from Social Security over the course of your projected retirement, it could equate to over a million dollar portfolio, meaning a million dollars of income over the course of your lifetime. If you're single, cut that in half. So it's a significant source. And again, it's guaranteed and it is backed by the United States Treasury. Uh, other sources of guaranteed income is you can create a pension for yourself if you want to. There's a lot of people who will use a an annuity to create an income for them. Some of our happiest clients are clients who have guaranteed income. <clears throat> guaranteed income at the level of what their expenses are, or at least their fixed expenses, or sometimes guaranteed income in excess of their expenses. So imagine an environment where we go through a scary time like this, and people's portfolios are down, uh, the world's really crazy, you turn on the news, it seems like doomsday. The worst part about going through times like this is we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know how bad it's going to get or how long we're going to have to go through this. But if you have an expense need every single month of $6,000, but between your but with your guaranteed income, Social Securities, annuities, pensions, whatever it is, you have $7,000 a month coming in. You're feeling really good. You're feeling really good about your income. You're confident about where your income is going to come from. You can let your investments go up. You can let your investments go down because you're not needing to take an income from those investments. So do you still think the world's kind of crazy? Yeah. <clears throat> is th are things still a little bit scary? Yes. But your income, you know, is going to come in every single month for as long as you're alive. If you have a $6,000 expense need every single month, but all you have coming in from guaranteed income is Social Security, 
which means that you only have $3,000 a month coming in, you're taking $3,000 a month out of your investments. So now you have to be really, really tactical with your investment portfolio allocation to make sure that you're not overly aggressive and you have some money within your portfolio that you, you know is not going to go down rapidly because you're going to need to take an income from that. So you can make that work regardless. Whether you have $3,000 of fixed income or $6,000 of fixed income, you can make that work, but your plan is going to look different. So if you want to increase your guaranteed income, and that is appealing for a lot of families, you can do that even if you don't have a government pension or a corporate pension, and you can use an annuity to do that. But again, an annuity, an income annuity is not right for everybody. You have to be really careful. There's a lot of income annuities out there. You want to make sure that you get the right one for you, and it's going to work in the way that your plan is designed. And I feel like annuities do get a bad rap. Is that fair, and why? Well, they get a bad rap because, uh, number one, is there are hundreds of annuities out there. Most people, including uh, even some professionals, don't really understand them or don't really understand how to use them. And I think the number one thing, whether it's an annuity or a stock or a bond or whatever investment you use, is create the plan first. And most of the time, most of the time, plans are not created. It's just product that is sold. So product is sold, product is bought, but there's no real purpose behind what that product is going to do and annuities are in there um, and one of the tricky parts about annuities is most of them do have surrender charges which means if you get out of them within a certain period of time you're going to pay a penalty and most people buying annuities don't know how to really use them and sometimes they'll liquidate them prematurely or liquidate too much and have a penalty on top of that there's just a lot of traps that people can fall into when it comes to annuities uh, so the, the number one thing is make sure you have a plan first before you purchase any investment. Make sure you understand how you're going to use the investment. Uh, there's a purpose behind it. And then you are going to be much happier with whatever type of investment you use. Again, whether stocks, bonds, annuities, CDs, I-bonds, whatever, whatever it is. And the fourth thing that you can do in this inflation environment as you head to and through retirement Lauren, is have a conversation. Talk to a professional because they're going to have this sort of perspective, not only historically about inflation, but they're also going to have this perspective that says, hey, let's step back. Let's take the emotions out of it and let's let's put in, in place a plan for all of this. And going through this time when you're 40 years old is significantly different, right? When you're in the accumulation years, you're working, you're making an income. There's a labor shortage right now. So if you want a job, chances are you can find a job. So you have that security. Um, <clears throat> which in a lot of environments we don't always have. Like 08, a lot of people were losing your, the, your job, so you're seeing your 401k depreciate quite a bit, but then you also didn't have that security of the monthly income. But most of the time in your accumulation years, we go through this, and as long as you don't touch your investments, you don't do anything crazy, you're going to come out of it and come out of it just fine. But when you're in retirement or you're looking to retire in one year, now it's different. Uh, and this is where a professional can really come in and help guide you through these difficult times. And having that plan is the number one thing that any professional can do for you. Because if, if I'm sitting across the table from my families uh, and I'm saying, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, uh, you want to retire at the end of this year, um, but the world's crazy. We're not sure what it's going to look like next year. But they can see what their plan looks like, regardless of what this economy looks like, whatever, regardless of whatever the stock market does, and they can see it, then that provides confidence. And they can look at each other and say, honey, we're going to be okay. 
honey, you can retire in December. You've been working for 40 years. You're, you really want to retire. Now is the time, regardless of the, all these outside factors. That's powerful. That's powerful. It's a lot different than me sitting across from Mr. and Mrs. Jones and saying, you know what, guys, you guys are, you guys are doing just fine. Go ahead and retire. When they see what their future looks like, it's significantly different than when I just tell them what their future looks like. And that is part of the power of the plan. Yeah. And then it would be a lot easier, I think, to read some of these articles about inflation rates and interest rates and stock markets and possible recessions. You could, you could watch the news and know, hey, I'm okay. I've got a plan. I, I know that I've got enough income to do what I want to do next month and in 30 years. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff, all this stuff that's happening right now, we can't control it. And, and I talked to our families about this. We can't control the rate of inflation. We can't control uh, to a large degree what our, our legislators are going to do. We can't control the stock market, the bond market, but to a, a large degree, we can control your portfolio and how it reacts. And we can control you having a plan, a written plan that you can see. Here's what your social security strategy is. Here's what your Medicare strategy is. One of the biggest concerns of many pre-retirees now is how are they going to pay for their health care? So this is what your healthcare strategy looks like. Here's what it's going to cost you on a monthly basis. And here's the quality of care that you're going to get. If we can alleviate all of those anxiety points, then even in a crazy world like where we're in right now, you can retire and retire with confidence. Lauren has talked about a lot of really great ideas today, but you might have some more questions or maybe you want to know, how does that apply to me or my situation? It's as easy as a phone call. You can schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call right now. You can go to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com. And take 15 minutes to talk to a retirement planner. It's a great way to get started. And it's a great way to get started building that confidence that you can have in a customized retirement plan. We'll continue talking about all of the aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's Retiring Today. And we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Insurance, LLC.